You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. I'm pumped about this episode. We've got a very special guest in the building, and today's episode is going to help us to just Remember that we are, in fact, in the driver's seat in our lives in so many different dimensions. You know, right now it could seem like we're some crash test dummies, or we could it could seem like we're in the passenger seat. We've got, you know, we've got Ben Diesel over here who's grabbing the wheel and just taking us on some wild, crazy ride because life right now is very different from what it was a year ago. But at the same time, we are driving ourselves into a new future, and it's up to us to decide where we are going, but we have to realize that we have the power to affect change. If not just in our own lives, but in the community level and even at the global level. And so I'm really looking forward to today because we're going to help to kind of reestablish that understanding of how powerful you are. And our special guest is an incredible gift of helping us to remember these things. So pumped about that. And even for myself, just adapting, you know, having kids and working in ways of figuring out the education part of things. You know, my youngest son, Brayden, he just turned nine years old and he's doing virtual class every day. So I'm finding creative ways to make sure that he has less screen time as he's now tuned into that portal. So just having times of just, you know, getting outside. We've got his best friend, Avery, lives next door. We're so fortunate and grateful for that. So just getting the boys outside and having a structured time to be real people in the real world and, you know, playing some games, having some fun. And right now I'm really even realizing that so much has changed so quickly in our household, you know, and seeing my son every day, he's getting up, he's reading his little, his favorite series of books called Bad Guys. And I've got my book and we're doing this practice together. But there was a time when he wasn't reading. There was a time when, you know, when kids are small and adults know this, parents know this, where you have this adult code, you know, you could be talking and then you could basically censor out you know, quote, bad words by spelling them out. You know, you're talking to your significant other, you're like, he needs to put that SHI down. And now, I mean, I remember the day my son Braden was like, hey, I know what that spells. And I'm like, man, the adult cold language has expired. You know, there's a time when that happens. And it's a, it's a good time because now, you know, you, your kid can do the Aquila and the B thing, you can spell, but at the same time, you know, it becomes more complicated with expression. Uh, but, you know, this is an opportunity for so many families to get reconnected so we can pay attention to those moments of growth as our kids are getting older. Uh, for so many people, they look back, you know, when you interview folks later on in life that they just wish they spent more time together with the ones that they love. And this is giving us an opportunity to do that and to reassess things and to never go back to the way things were we were losing touch with each other. We were losing touch with our family, our friends, our communities, and just getting so wrapped up into the world of effects. And oftentimes getting wrapped up into our technology. You know, we just did a recent episode on that with Adam Alter. And if you happen to miss it, make sure to check that episode out. It is fire and incredibly insightful. But that's what it is today. You know, finding creative ways. Innovation is a big key word. And even to, in today's episode, just figuring things out and making things work. And funny enough, my son's best friend, Avery, next door, uh, his parents shot me a message. They were asking me, what's the best multivitamin? We're trying to get the bases covered 
for, for the kids. You know, they have two kids as well. And number one, we want to make sure that it's whole food based and not synthetic versions of nutrients. But even taking it a step further, does what it said on the nutrition label actually show up in your body? Is what's on the nutritional label actually what your body is able to absorb? And you know, taking these synthetic nutrients and putting it through these crazy processes to extract things from it, we lose a lot of the nutrients that your body is looking for. And also conventional vitamins are just ripe with unnecessary, arguably dangerous additives and preservatives. And I actually, this is the first time in my adult life, I went and looked this up. And I went and looked at the Flintstones vitamins ingredients. And I, I literally could not believe it. I grew up taking the Flintstone vitamin. All right. I enjoyed it. You know, basically it's just glorified candy and it might give you a little bit of, you know, some vitamin C so you don't get scurvy or something, but it's not really what it's cracked up to be. And some of the ingredients in here, they've got blue number two. Of course, that's one of the most nutritious of all. The colors is blue, delicious blue number two. Corn oil. They've got propylene glycol in here. They've got red number 40, aluminum lake, yellow number six, aluminum lake. I mean, it's crazy. Hydrogenated soybean oil. This is the standard. You know, for so many Americans, we grow up with this being a thing that we consider to be ideal for our kids. And it's just marketing, the Flintstones chewables, right? It's just glorified candy, you know, not to mention, you know, the sucrose. It's literally just sugar as well. We can do better. So, of course, when we're looking for things just to get the nutritional basis covered, food first, food first. However, for many of us, we can struggle to get in all the nutrition that our bodies require to work at its optimal level. That's the key. So whole food based. And not only that, I told him very clearly, and this is something that his kids are already doing, especially uh, his son, Avery, my, my son's best friend. He'll come over to my house and grab this every day. And when it's whole food based, number one, number two, low temperature processed to retain the nutrients. That's another big key as well. And so when Avery comes over, he literally will go into our cupboard and he grabs a packet of the Organifi red juice. And when we're talking about does it translate from what's on the label to actually showing up and benefiting your body? Number one, I want you to listen to this. So one of the highlight ingredients in the red juice formula is acai. Now everybody knows about acai right now, but acai has an ORAC value of 103,000 ORAC value. That means it has 10 times more antioxidants than basically any fruit that you see out there on the produce aisle. Right, 10 times more antioxidants. Now the question is, okay, acai, you're cute on paper, but how does that show up in the real world? A study published in the Journal of Agriculture and Food Chemistry found that acai, when consumed, directly raised participants' antioxidant levels in their body. This demonstrates the fact that it's absorbed, it's readily absorbed, into our body. So acai doesn't just look on, good on paper. It does, in fact, translate over into the real world. And that's just one of the ingredients. It also has 
blueberry in there as well. And research at the University of Michigan published data finding that blueberry can potentially activate genes related to fat burning. That's interesting to know. That's interesting to know. And yet another ingredient highlighted in the red juice formula is beet. Now, beet has been getting a lot of press lately because of its benefits for the cardiovascular system. And so again, this is that red juice, that red hue combination. It's not like Red Lake 40 aluminum. It's not like that. It's the real pigments from nature. A study published in the Journal of Applied Physiology showed that beet specifically, beet juice, concentrate, which is in Organifi red juice, boosts stamina up to 16% during exercise and endurance training. And folks in this particular study even experienced less muscle damage and less fatigue after exercising. This is when nutrition shows up in the real world, real whole food based nutrition for ourselves, for our kids, getting all of those micronutrient bases covered while getting added benefits like affecting genes related to fat burning, really increasing our body's levels of antioxidants. So I'm a big fan of the red juice formula. The green juice is another one. You know, if you do both of those, one of those each day, you're getting all of your nutritional micronutrient bases covered, plus all these other cool benefits as well. So pop over there, check them out. It's Organifi.com forward slash model and you get 20% off everything they carry. The red juice formula, the green juice. I really love the kids love as well, the go packs. I travel with those. And the kids just like to just rip them open, throw them in their water bottle and shake it up. Uh, so the red juice formula, green juice, gold as well. They have a gold formula. Pop over there, check them out. Organifi.com forward slash model, 20% off. And now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Awesome Podcast by Jamberry Girl. So glad I stumbled upon your podcast. I'm a big fan and follower of health and wellness platforms of all kinds. And honestly, this is the best and most comprehensive podcast covering so many helpful topics. I've been binging for days and so psyched there are so many episodes to listen to. Sean's sense of humor makes me literally LOL at least a few times per episode. I also am enjoying emails after subscribing covering the subjects I am most interested in. Keep up the great work a big fan in Bermuda. Wow, that's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that over on Apple Podcasts. That means so much. And listen, the email that she's talking about is Motivation Mondays, Model Mondays. All right, go to themodelhealthshow.com forward slash Mondays. And every week I'm sending out three powerful insights. This might be related to things we're talking about on the show, things that I'm up to, things that I'm tinkering with new products and inventions or uh, just whatever's going on in the in the stratosphere of health and wellness that I think would be helpful. So I'm sharing that stuff out every Monday to kick your week off. So that's at themodelhealthshow.com forward slash Mondays. And listen, if you yet to do so, please pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the show. I appreciate it so very much. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Our guest today is Light Watkins, and he's been operating in the health and wellness space since 1998 and is a world-renowned meditation teacher. And his passion is teaching people from all walks of life simple tools for increasing happiness and finding their purpose. And to date, Light has worked with thousands of people in trainings and retreats all around the world, as well as Fortune 500 companies and championship sports teams. 
He's also the author of two books on happiness and productivity called The Inner Gym and his most recent book, Bliss More, How to Succeed in Meditation Without Really Trying. Now, this is his second appearance here on the Model Health Show, and he's just a really good friend of mine. And again, this is such an insightful and powerful episode. So let's get ready and tune in very closely for this incredible conversation with the amazing Light Watkins. Is that your, those are your crutches? Oh, those are your crutches. Yeah, man. We're just, we're, we're. I was just broke down over here. We're going in numbers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got to get out of here. This is bad luck. Or something happened to me. <laughs> Hurry up. Let's shoot this real quick. <laughs> Don't look back. Don't look back. But we, it's just getting put to the fire, man. Come out better. <laughs> is that how you're spinning it? Hey, you have to. We make up <laughs> right. our own narratives, man. You know? Our beliefs run everything. Well, man. Iron sharp as iron. Come over here. <laughs> Be ready. So last time we talked, you were doing your, like, I think about you like Avatar. Mm. Like there's this cartoon my son and I watched. It's from back in the day. But there's this character named Aang, and he's the Avatar. And he's traveling from place to place, you know, absorbing the energy around, learning. And then he moves on to the next place. Mm. You know, you had your bag and you was out there, mm -hmm. you know, and obviously things have changed since then. So first of all, how was that experience of traveling? What inspired you to do that in that capacity? And then how's it been to pivot and being back home, this kind of home spot here uh, with us in Cali? Hmm. Yeah, so I, I went, um, I got in 2000, in May of 2018, I got rid of all of my belongings that didn't fit in a carry-on bag and I was in Santa Monica I had a two-bedroom apartment I was 45 at the time mm -hmm. so uh, I had 40 something years of stuff literally like baby albums I had shoe boxes of full of letters from you know 20 30 years just being an adult mm -hmm. and uh, so I just sort of methodically got rid of everything and I threw the, all that memorabilia out. I took photos of most of it, so I had it in the cloud. Right. Okay. And um, I did it because I just had a, I don't know, I had a, I don't know, I think, I feel like minimalism and nomadic lifestyle was in the zeitgeist at the time. So I was getting this strong urge to, to have that experience. And so I just said yes to it. Because I had been practicing saying yes to stuff like that my, you know, my entire um, adult life, and I did it. And so I started hopping around different cities, in my carry-on bag and a backpack. And then I was like, I can do better than this. And I merged everything into a backpack. So I got rid of the carry-on bag. You <laughs> mm. mm. went onto that Dora the Explorer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I've, I've been doing that for the last couple of years. And honestly, man, I have not missed having uh, stability. And in fact, what I discovered was that the true stability was inside, mm. right? And, uh, and so if you have that, you can be anywhere and you can be fine. And so when the pandemic hit, obviously it changed a lot of things because I was going international a lot. And I couldn't do that. And so I just kind of got an Airbnb and I ground it for about a while. But I'm still living out of my backpack. 
So I'm still living the lifestyle, mm -hmm. but I'm just in one place for longer. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so now what's interesting about it is that people are asking me, you know, do you miss being on the road all the time? And I'm actually like, no, I don't miss it at all. Like, I'm happy to be in one place because in the last couple of years, I've literally been around the world two or three times over. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, it's nice to be able to kind of ground right. and focus on some projects. I got my podcast off the ground. I got my third book turned in and all these other things that I was like asking for time to stop knowing that that's not a realistic ask, but I was putting it out in the universe anyway. And right. lo and behold, so this is your fault. Time the stop. This is my fault. Is your fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is why I don't hate on 2020 because I know what I was, what I was asking <laughs> <Right>. for. <laughs> that's the thing too, you know, and by the way, like, Everybody needs to follow you on Instagram. It is phenomenal. So much light you bring on that platform, man. I just love it. It just always puts me in, a, in, a, in, a, in the right vibe. And one of the things that you talked about recently was, and this is 2020 for a lot of people, mm -hmm. you said that there's no throwaway moments, mm. you know, because we tend to, you know, see things in this one lane or maybe this thing is happening. It doesn't matter. It's random. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Why do you say that? Well, so that so what you're referring to is I, I've been posting these daily videos. But even aside from that, I post, I, I've, I've been very intentional and I, I literally made a decision for myself that everything I put out there online, on social media especially, is going to be either funny or insp inspirational, mm -hmm. right? Because I feel like there's so much negativity out there yeah. And I wanted my feed to be like an oasis in that, in the, the inspirational desert that is normally what social media can be. And so I started, I, I was never comfortable on video, on camera. And I started challenging myself back in February, not knowing that a pandemic was gonna come or anything like that. Mm. Just like, let me just do a video and post it. Like, this is something that I don't really enjoy doing as much because I don't feel as comfortable doing it, so let me just practice it. And I did it, and I did it again the next day, and the next day, and then I thought to myself, oh, this is kind of interesting, I'm learning a lot. It's forcing me to have to find something inspiring within my own day, right? Yeah. So then it started lifting my own uh, game yeah. in that regard. And now we're, you know, I started literally Valentine's Day, February 2020, and it's been happening every day since then. And so that video that I posted about the fact that there are no throwaway moments was in reference to, you know, I was thinking that back in high school, which for me was in the 90s, I was taking this class that was basically a what would be considered a throwaway class or an elective or whatever, you know, it's not an essential class. And I really only took it because I had a crush on the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't take it that seriously. And, you know, you sit in these classes as a kid and you think to yourself, I'm never gonna use this anywhere in my life, yeah. right? And that was my, my dialogue in that class. And I was thinking that out of all of the classes that I've taken all through my primary education, secondary education, you know, college, all of that, that is the class that I ended up using every single day. Mm. And that class was typing. 
Mm. <laughs> there you have I it. I learned how to type like 70 words a minute. And now fire, I'm like, you know, work, writing my books and I'm doing my... On that you know, Stevie Wonder type. Yeah, I'm on the Stevie Wonder typing. <laughs> Um, and so I just use that. I always like to use a story if possible to illustrate a point, which is guys, you know, um, whatever you're experiencing right now, you may think it's BS or it's a waste of your time, but actually it's gonna, it's gonna play a role at some point in you finding your way to your path or your purpose or to you accelerating your path or your purpose. And, um, and then one of the examples I, I pointed back to in that video was the Karate Kid, which we remember because we're old enough to remember the, yeah. the original yeah. Karate Kid where you have Daniel's son, you know, played by Ralph Macchio, uh, going to Mr. Miyagi's house. And he's got, on the first day of training, he's got him waxing the, his cars and, and uh, sanding the floors and painting the fences. And, and he spends the whole day just wearing himself out, wearing out his joints, and he's ready to quit. And Mr. Miyagi uh, tells him to come back the next day. We're going to start over again, mm. from, you know, and finish up everything. And he's like completely exasperated. He's like, I can't do this. This is I, I agreed to learn how to do karate, and you you got me doing all this manual labor. And uh, and so then you, Mr. Miyagi shows him that actually he was learning karate the whole time mm. because those movements are karate movements, and you know it's a really amazing come together moment for the viewer that happened within the span of a day. But what if that was what was happening in the span of a 10 year period of your life or 20 year period of your life where you're doing something that you think is kind of rote and mundane and waste of time, but actually going through the process of that is teaching you about process. Mm -hmm. It's teaching you about patience. It's teaching you about, you know, all these little learnings that you're going to apply to something that will be very meaningful either to you or to someone else in the future. And if you weren't, if you hadn't been practicing patience back then, you wouldn't have that ability to be patient in that moment. So it just shifts the whole way that we can perceive the things that we're experiencing now, you know, especially with 2020. Like 2020's been a, a pattern interrupt for almost all of us. And, um, and it's given us an opportunity to reconsider things and to um, be patient and to um, start training at home and, and being innovative and, you know, all these wonderful things that are going to play out in who knows what kind of amazing ways in the future. So, so that was the point of that video. Is yeah. that this is the greatest time because it's, uh, it's an opportunity to right. practice. And 2020 is the year of the Miyagi. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. The year of the Miyagi. Yeah, I mean, you know, when, when I listened to that one, it was really touching because I know that a lot of us feel that a lot of things that we're experiencing right now mm -hmm. are things that we'd rather not. And mm. just pointing our attention back to this is going to add, potentially add some kind of dynamic in your thinking or mm -hmm. some kind of skill or capacity. Or, you know, what's so funny is that you started. The process of doing the daily video just prior right these are the thing i'm telling you man light is tapped in you're <laughs> tapped in it gave you a, a head start yeah and you rolled right into into it and you pivoted from what you were doing before to really doing a lot more online and sharing your gift that way but it's still the environment can help to draw these qualities out of us hmm. like you just said being able to 
you know, um, you know, a lot of us being here in their, in their own homes trying to work, it creates a level of, you know, we got to figure it out. We have to be innovative, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, you know, this is the year that the Miyagi, the year of innovation mm-hmm. as well. And you also mentioned you creating a place of inspiration in a desert of drama, basically. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be the best description of it. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's so much tension right now and it's not without reason. But I also feel that there is so much potential in this, you know, so much as we were just talking about this before the show, so much has been brought to the surface. And one of the things that I love about you and what you shared was within this context, when people are debating about politics and debating about belief systems, you gave another analogy of the turtle and the giraffe. Mm, mm. And I thought that that was so helpful just to like give a new dimension of thinking when people seem to be so argumentative or just in completely different camps. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about that? Well, first of all, I want to give credit where I, I heard that, which was from T.D. Jakes. Okay. And yeah. I don't think he originated it, but he's an amazing storyteller. And so I heard that and I was like, wow, that's a really great way to explain it. And basically what he says is that there are, you know, the giraffe and the turtle can exist in the same space, but they have different point of views. The giraffe's point of view is from the level of, you know, the top of the trees. They're, that's how they're seeing things. Yeah. The turtle's point of view is from the level of the grass, and that's how they're seeing things. Yeah. And so if the turtles give you a critique from their point of view, it doesn't necessarily have to apply to your giraffe perspective. And when we get into all these problems, when we're trying to communicate, it's because we're applying that turtle perspective to our giraffe perspective or vice versa. So it's not saying one is better than the other necessarily, but we just have to understand people think differently based on their own circumstances, their own life experience. And um, and it doesn't have to necessarily uh, negate what we believe or or vice versa. We don't have to diminish what they believe. We just have to understand that we think about these things differently and maybe we have to agree to disagree or we can seek to understand why they feel the thing. Like, what are you seeing from your perspective that I'm not able to see from my perspective yeah. and vice versa? And I think that's where you really start to create a dialogue yeah. instead of a monologue, which is what ends up happening a lot on social media. You get these long monologue comments, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody's really dialoguing. Right. You know? And I think that's really the, the crux of the issue. Yeah. I thought that was so powerful because the thing that came up for me, it might be a little unexpected, but I, I realized that this was a, a possibility for people to realize that when you have the context of the giraffe seeing from their perspective mm-hmm. and the turtle seeing from their perspective, if we can just venture to accept that we can't see everything, right? if you can just have that insight that there's something that I'm not seeing here. Mm-hmm. And carry that with you into conversations. Carry that with you into whatever it is that's on your social media feed. Mm-hmm. Instead of just being so uh, inflamed because you're seeing things from one point of view. Mm-hmm. I think that that creates the space for actual dialogue to mm-hmm. happen in the first place. Just realizing I'm not seeing everything. Because I know a lot of people, like if we're talking about Republican or Democrat or vice versa being the giraffe and 
you know, or different sides of civil rights issues. Right. If we can realize, because I know a lot of people are like, well, I'm the giraffe. I'm seeing mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. But the giraffe has never seen its own junk. Mm -hmm. You know, it's lived its entire lifetime, doesn't even know what's happening down there. Mm -hmm. You know, but the, the turtle also has its other benefits. It's not just what it can see, but the turtle lives freaking, you know, 200 years or mm -hmm. whatever the case is. Giraffes up there fighting with their necks, slinging mm -hmm. them, their mm -hmm. necks around. It's crazy. You know, we all have our benefits. We all have our uh, potential things that could be considered negative. Mm -hmm. but being able to blend those perspectives together. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, like the giraffe, like I could see there's predators over there, you need to be careful. And, you know, the turtle can be like, hey, I see that you have, you know, um, a yeast infection or whatever, you know, being able to look <laughs> up and see <laughs> what's happening with the giraffe. This has got way too out of hand. But <laughs> when we can marry these perspectives together, man, yeah. that's where, you know, um, true connection can take place. And not, I love the fact that you said this, one perspective is not better than the other. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really important to remember, you know, because we like to make it either or. And we need to understand that there's a lot more both and happening out there than there is either or happening. And if we can, if we can approach these discussions from that perspective, I think it will take that, that charge that is that is on there that can trigger the hell out of everybody. It can just kind of diminish it just enough to maybe shine a light in there so that other people can see, oh, okay, well, they're not attacking me. They're just presenting their perspective and maybe there's something that I can learn from that perspective. Right, right. Because we're waiting on the other person to do that, but it's like, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. generosity begets generosity. Love begets love. So somebody has to go first, right? And if you know better, then it's on you to go and and have that broader perspective. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest flaws with relationships. Period mm -hmm. and connection is this idea, even that it's 50-50, mm -hmm. You know, because it's not. It's 100-100, mm -hmm. You know, and when we're coming into it, especially expecting the other person to respond how we want or to say the thing that we want, we just create suffering for ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, and I know this intimately. <laughs> as I look over at my, my amazing wife. But when we realize like, you know, this is on me, my response, my perception, my ability to try to perspective take, mm -hmm. to, to imagine what it's like to see from the turtle's perspective or the giraffe's perspective. And I love that analogy. And we, you could go on and on with it because oh, yeah. there's so many other creatures. You do a whole podcast just on the perspective. Of the animals, you know. <laughs> um, but... You know, and I want to ask you about this, man, because truly we can feel it. Like there's something is is happening. Mm -hmm. You know, we can even say many of us feel like there's something not right. Something's not sitting right. There's something off. The world is off its axis a little bit. And they might not feel like they understand or what their place is in all of this. And they just feel out of sorts. What would you say to that person who's just like having a difficult time right now with all of the, the tension that's taking place? Man, um, well, you're right. I think there's a lot of, of, uh, of tension, but I think, a, you know, I did a video today about expectations and how when someone is, is disappointed in us or when we're disappointed in them, it's not really 
it's not really you that I'm disappointed in. It's my expectations of you that is leading me to be disappointed. And so if I can be aware of that, then that's, that, could be a, a, that could be a sign for me to go in and, and, and look at my own expectations because that means that I'm not reading the situation correctly, right? I'm thinking that you're going to do this, but you have no intentions of doing this. And I may not know the full story about why you're not interested in doing this thing that I'm thinking that you're going to do. So the moment you don't do it and I'm expecting you to do it, I have to either accept the fact that I had an expectation that was unmet and that's really the crux of the problem or I have to project onto you that you're this kind of person, you're a narcissist, you're selfish, you're, you know, whatever. And meanwhile, you could have no idea what's going on in my in my mind. So really it's 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 self-generated, right? Mm-hmm. Disappointment. So I think that situation where we feel that that inner tension, that's really a powerful moment for us to go within ourselves and see, and literally, maybe if it takes getting out a pen and a sheet of paper, writing out what are all of my expectations that are not being met right now, and really taking inventory of that, and and noticing a pattern where it exists, right? It's happening with my relationship. Oh, look, that's an expectation that's not being met. It's happening with my job. Oh, look, that's I was expecting to go to the office, but I'm not doing that, okay? That's an expectation. What's the central theme? My expectation. So if I want to experience more, uh, a greater sense of unity with people, with myself, with, with my work, then I need to go in and do the work in my own expectations. So, you know, that's, it's, it's not easy work to do. Right. But once you start doing it, especially if you're a progressive-minded person where you, you know, if you go to the gym and you notice that, hey, when I just do whatever I want to do, I don't really see the results. But when I approach it with a system in place and I get results, I feel good about that. And I realize that everything has a bit of a process and a system to it. So let me apply that same thing to my project that I'm working on and the book that I'm writing. And you know, and you see there's systems everywhere. So yeah. expectations are the same thing. Yeah. You know, if, you're, if you're experiencing a lot of disappointment and tension and all that, you'll see a pattern if you look for it. And so that's what I tell people is just go within yourself. That's usually the answer to 99% of the problems is go within yourself. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And I could tell you from firsthand experience, this is so right and so powerful because and it creates a level of freedom and certainty. And mm-hmm. uh, you just you're you're lighter when you have this perception, because with my wife and I, we will even say it. It's my I'm wanting to for you to respond a certain way mm-hmm. or she's wanting me to respond the way that she wanted and that's what the problem is is i'm not doing the thing that you wanted me to do but for us to put that on a, another human being with all of their different dimensions it is literally setting you up for problems within yourself and so when we can see that quicker it's just like oh you're just not responding how i want you to mm-hmm. and it's it's me it's something i can change or i could talk to them about mm-hmm. versus like Again, you make that snap judgment. You didn't do the thing that I want. You're a bad person Mm -hmm. or you're trying to hurt me Mm -hmm. or whatever the case might be. And it's Mm -hmm. just simply we manufacture problems. Mm -hmm. We're so good at it. Mm -hmm. Um, But this leads to another thing I want to ask you about because 
within that context. So my wife and I, she just said, we've been together 16 years. It's crazy. Our relationship can get a driver's license now. That's amazing. <laughs> but prior to that, like, first of all, when I met her, I didn't even have a phone. I didn't have a cell phone. Um, but I was, we were prior to the, the dating, the online, app, the app dating. And you didn't you did miss it. out on anything. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I could just imagine what a, oh, never mind. So you had a piece that you did talking about the most important dating app. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> so I like to use a lot of metaphors and analogies and, and, and stories in these videos. And they're all like two to three minute long videos. So it's mostly generalizations, which I openly acknowledge because that's, you know, you can't speak to everybody's individual situation. But I talked about how the most important dating app out there is the one that we have inside, which is really our in, intuition, right? Mm. So our intuition obviously is kind of like a GPS. It's, it's, it's sending us information that we could use to potentially guide ourselves into a direction that is most aligned with whatever we say we want to create or whatever we want to manifest in our lives. And so it's literally inside our intuition, when we're presented with a circumstance or a person or a job opportunity, our intuition is like swiping. It's swiping to the left and it's swiping to the right, saying, yes, that's good for you. No, that's not in alignment with you. Mm -hmm. How do you know? Because if you're in tune, if you've done the work to get in tune with your intuition, you get an, an immediate signal, right? Is a bit, there, there is a, there, those signals can come in a lot of forms, but they all have one thing in common contraction. You feel contracted, right? Upon first considering that opportunity, you, you get it. Like, oh, this is not it. So in other words, you reverse to the idea of that thing, mm -hmm. right? So the opposite of that is expansion. So when your intuition is swiping to the right, which is in the dating app world, the yes option, <laughs> right. I don't you, know which way it goes. You feel a sense of, you feel a sense of expansion. Mm. And, and again, this is upon initially hearing about this opportunity, right? Yeah. Now, maybe later when your mind gets involved, it'll start talking you out of it and tell you all the reasons why it's the scary thing to do. Then you may feel some contraction. But that's why I said you have to do the work to kind of develop that relationship with your intuition so you start to trust it because usually the first impression is the correct impression before you start analyzing it with the mind. So we need to be in tune with that. And now when we go into the dating apps or you know, if you're meeting someone in person, your body's already telling you, your intuition's already telling you, hey, this is person, you need to swipe right on that. Mm. You know? mm. And instead of having to do the whole thing where we try to analyze it and evaluate it and go to the tarot card reader and pull a card and mm -hmm. go to the psychic and get our palms read and we get all this external feedback about what we should and shouldn't be doing Meanwhile, we have a tendency to neglect the internal app, which is telling you clearly this is the person that you that is aligned with what you said you wanted. Mm -hmm. You entered in the destination on the GPS. This is how you get, this is the quickest way to get there. You missed that turn, fine, we'll reroute it, right? Mm -hmm. But it's still always rerouting you back to that destination. Right. But you try to go over here because you saw Bill, it just looks you know, more glittery mm -hmm. or something. So when you, we ignore it, usually that's where we cause self-inflicted wounds and problems and you know, which is fine because that's how we learn to trust it. 
So it's all a part of the process. Eventually. Eventually, yeah. And that yeah. could be a 10-year, 20-year-long you know, process. Or it could be today. Or it could be today. You know, it's yeah. just, and that's the part of doing the work, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's another big barrier for a lot of people is they think I have to have a certain amount of time in something, a certain amount of years of experience. It doesn't matter if you've been doing it for 20 years or one month. It matters if you get it. Mm. And a lot of people battle with those things. Like somebody's been doing something, you know, in some space for 20 years. There are people who have been doing it for one year who are 10 times more successful. Mm-hmm. It, the time is not the issue. It's whether or not you do the work necessary to like, to quote, get it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that part of the, when your app isn't updated, your internal GPS what are the symptoms of that? <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that part. Yeah, you got to keep the app updated, the internal app. And that's where the inner work comes in. So, you know, your meditation, your journaling, your therapy and all that stuff. And the symptoms of your app not being updated is you just make a lot of very poor choices. You end up in bad relationships, right? You end up with poor health. You end up with bad finances. And when I say bad, what I mean is there are situations that if you had a, to choose, you probably wouldn't have made those choices, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, you can end up in something that looks like it's a bad thing, but it's just it's a clearing period that's kind of pushing you through the things that you thought you needed that you don't really need anymore. But at some point, they were valuable for you. But um, usually when you're in that flow and when you're in alignment, even if you're moving through one of those rocky periods, you still feel expansive you know, inside, and you understand that this is a part of the process. Just like when you're working out, like, like Ronnie Coleman says, like, you know, everybody wants to be big, but nobody wants to lift these heavy ass weights. Mm. You understand there's going to be some tension involved in growing these muscles and getting those guns. And, and I have to be comfortable with the idea that there's going to be tension. And in fact, the more I fail in the gym, right? If I take myself to the point where I can't lift anything else, that's a great workout. So you have that mindset going in, even though in the, in the process, it feels very uncomfortable and you're doubtful about whether or not I can get this last rep, right? But you push through, you do it or you don't do it, but you know, okay, I took myself as far as I could go there. So if we can take that mindset into regular life and even though we're going through these really uncomfortable situations understand that hey i'm being stretched here like what we talked about earlier because this is going to come in handy at some point later i'm growing this is helping me grow as a person as a spirit then um then we can keep our eyes on the prize of moving of being present in the moment and learning what we can learn so that we can move through it as quickly as possible instead of you know, and this is what happens when you're in bad relationships. You stew on it. You stew on it. The thing comes and goes. You're still thinking about it. You meet a new person. You're comparing them to the old person. So you can't even be present with the new person now because they're reminding you of the old person. Really, it's your body that has some low-grade post-traumatic stress around it. So it can't even let it go. And you always keep getting yanked out of the, out of the present moment back into the past or you're projecting into the future, imagining some unicorn person that you haven't even prepared yourself for, but in your mind's eye, that's what you feel like you you want, right? But you haven't engaged in the process to create that space for yourself. So 
So, so yeah, this is all about the work. That's sitting, every time you sit down and meditate, every time you go to your therapist, every time you, you write out a list of your expectations, all these things are going to help you upgrade that internal software so you can start to hone in on what your intuition is saying to you and you start to see the patterns and then it gets reinforced when you're in, when you're in the field in life and you're able to do that in the moment. That's where it really comes in handy is you're, you're training yourself to be able to do it in the moment so that you don't have to waste a lot of time with shoddy guesswork about is this right for me or is this wrong for me? Oh, man, that's so good. So good. And this is like what, what you're talking about is a tool. It's not just for dating with, peop with other everything. people. It's dating with the, the career that you yeah. want, the, finance, the, the finances that you want, the health that you want. So powerful, man. Yeah. The and house, right now, everything. The shoes I'm going to buy, it all comes in handy. Yeah, man. That's remarkable, man. Uh, but right now, of course, many of us feel like we're facing an impossible situation. Mm -hmm. And Light has an incredible insight on this. And we're going to talk about that right after this quick break. Sit tight. We'll be right back. Another issue that a lot of folks are dealing with is finding creative ways to try to cut back, cut back on expenses. And especially when it comes to food. You know, that's a big expense for many families. And especially if you have higher standards, you know, you're looking for organic and non-GMO and, you know, gluten-free options, paleo options, farm to table, farm fresh, you know, having these higher standards can come at a premium, but there are incredible companies and more and more options are becoming available to try to, to reduce that excessive costs that can take place. And as a matter of fact, save us money in creative ways. And so, my wife actually just sent me a screenshot of some of the stuff she just purchased. She purchased, we get this massive organic uh, unrefined coconut oil and also snacks for the kids, my favorite little paleo mayo and home cleaning products, non-toxic, personal care products, non-toxic. And she sent me a screenshot and she literally saved, we got it right here, $95.67 off of our grocery bill when she ordered groceries today from Thrive Market saved us $95.67 if we would have gone to a traditional you know health quote health food store you know like Whole Foods we're getting these products the same stuff we'd be buying at Whole Foods from Thrive Market for 25 to 50 percent off the retail price it is a no-brainer to use this service so please pop over and get your membership to Thrive Market go to thrivemarket.com forward slash model health together as one word that's thrivemarket.com forward slash model health and they've got everything you need curated from the best companies whether it's non-gmo clean beauty safe supplements non-toxic home uh, sustainable seafood they've even got clean wines if you're trying to get your sip on all right all of that there at thrive market and they've also started and they gave us the option i saw in her screenshot that she sent me the COVID-19 Relief Fund, which provides grocery stipends to families facing health or financial hardships due to COVID-19. We got to donate a portion of our savings to the fund to help people who need it. What companies are doing this? Not only are they saving us money, but they're also giving to the people who need it the most. So uh, right now, if you get a one-year Thrive Market membership, you also get access to a free gift of your choice. They provide different gift options uh, every couple of weeks and right now you can get a gift that's up to $22 in value that you get to pick for yourself so again go to thrivemarket.com forward slash model health 
And again, 25 to 50% off the retail price of so many incredible products. And also you get access to a free gift right now. Go to thrivemarket.com forward slash model health. And now back to the show. All right, we're back and we're talking with best-selling author, living legend, Light Watkins. And before the break, we were talking about many people feel right now we're in an impossible situation mm-hmm. from many different points of view, many different perspectives, whether it's a, a political environment, civil unrest, health, like how do we move past this situation that we're dealing with right now? Mm-hmm. And you've got a really good insight about viewing the impossible. So can you share a little bit about that? <laughs> uh, so I remember I posted this, this uh, insight video uh, re- relatively recently, and I used Roger Bannister as an example of that. So uh, most of us in the motivational industry know about the Roger Bannister story. He's the first guy to run a sub four minute mile. And... Um, when you look at his backstory, though, it's a pretty remarkable feat because people have been trying to break that record, the four-minute mile record, for over a hundred years, and they had an idea. Scientists and people who study anatomy and biology had an idea that in order to do that, a you needed a really good coach, right? And there was a certain technique. And not only that, but it needed to be a very clear day with great weather. You needed to have a dry track. You needed to have a big crowd of people cheering you on. And what was interesting about Roger Bannister's situation is that he was a student, first of all, so he wasn't like a full-time you know, runner. He was in school and he didn't have a coach. And, he, and therefore he was kind of experimenting as students do with these sort of unconventional tactics and he ended up breaking the record on an overcast day on a wet track it was cold instead of warm and there was a small crowd instead of a large crowd and he broke the record and that was interesting right and my man didn't have a coach and he didn't have a coach he didn't have a coach yeah so what ended up happening later was even more interesting was that 40 something days later, somebody else broke the record. And then ever since then, over a thousand people have broken the record. The kids in high school, like across the spectrum. And when you look back at that accomplishment, right, it seems unique just in and of itself. But when you consider the fact that there, he took an unconventional approach and then after he did it, all these other people did it, you have to ask the question, well, what was the difference? Was it something about the track? Was it something about the weather? Was it something about you know, the crowd size? Or was it a mentality? And when you hear that somebody else has done something, instantly, it, there's a part of you, as we talked about expansion, contraction, there's a part of you that kind of expands into that possibility, right? If you have a bunch, if you're surrounded by a bunch of people telling you you can't do something, then you kind of get trapped in that in that contraction of the impossibility. And so, one of the things that feels great about that expansive moment is just the possibility of something being uh, something that you can do that you didn't think you could do before. And when it comes to all the stuff that we're experiencing now, we're basically in a space of reimagining. 
right? We're reimagining what the police, what the role of police should be, what that looks like. We're reimagining what work looks like. We're reimagining what schooling looks like. We're reimagining what being fit looks like, you know, and all these things. And, And that means that we're being presented with a myriad of various possibilities. But those of us who are who are actively uh, innovating what these things can be, we're the ones that people are going to be looking toward and hopefully emulating and, and using that example. But a part of being a pioneer is you're gonna get, you're gonna take a lot of heat as Roger Bannister did. Like he got written up in the press before he broke the record. Like this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't have a coach. You know, he's wasting his time. He's wasting our time, you know, and all of that. And, and really, that's, that's really the only difference in somebody who ends up pushing through and, and innovating and someone who doesn't is the person who doesn't may have great intentions. They may be smarter than the person who does, but they allow that external validation mm. to get to them more than the person who finally breaks through. So I, my t- personal takeaway from, from that example is, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of rejection if you're really putting yourself out there. I think Jay-Z said it the best. He said, the guy who's the, in the front, he's gonna, who, who, who goes over the hill first, is gonna come back with a bunch of you know, arrows being shot at him. There's a lot of Indians over there. It's crazy, you don't wanna go over there. But you know, he's the innovator. He's the person who's gonna go there and see what the possibilities are. And that, per, that person is always going to uh, be confronted with a lot of, of rejection and, and things that most people just don't have a tolerance for. So that's what 2020 is doing for us now. It's just helping us develop the tolerance for being uncomfortable and being uncertain and, and um, dealing with all these different debates and discussions around things that people are very triggered by. Yeah. If you can withstand that and you can hold a space for that, then that's going to prepare you to continue to innovate in one of these areas that is going to help a lot of people coming behind you. Yeah, in a massive way for so many of us are kind of being thrust into that. And with that, I think that a lot of our turmoil and suffering and feeling like, you know, things are just not right is us grasping and holding on to the things that the way that things were. Yeah. You know, holding on to that, that old ideal when the world literally everything has shifted Mm -hmm. there's so much that is in flux right now and so much is is changing new new potentials new possibilities are opening but we're holding on to not just the past but like things that just don't even exist anymore we're holding on to a fantasy in many instances it's just going to create a lot more turmoil instead of going going with it and I love this, and this is why I want you to talk about this, because it's so important for us to get a vision of what could be. Don't try to think about what things were. Mm. What could be? What is the best possible scenario with our healthcare system? Mm-hmm. What is the best possible scenario with our, uh, our connection as humans in our communities? What is the best possible scenario with work? For you and your life or the massive amount of people we just did a show recently really uncovering how and the data is nuts it was like 485 studies in this meta-analysis finding that the work that people do for a living is possibly the greatest influence on their overall mental health which Mm. seems a little bit obvious but maybe not so much 
but also a huge influence on cardiovascular wellness, gastrointestinal mm. issues, mm. sleep problems. It's the work that we do. How are we investing our time? And I feel that as we've innovated as humans away from, you know, you know your dad, he's a blacksmith, you're a blacksmith. Mm -hmm. You know, your dad, you know, he's running the farm, you run the farm. Now we see so much, there's so much possibility to move from being predominantly labor, uh, manual workers to more knowledge workers. There's a lot more possibility for you to do things that are new and different and that you enjoy and you can choose. Mm -hmm. But it takes times like these for that to even get risen up to the surface. And so if you could, I want to ask you about number one, getting a vision on what could be. That's number one. But I still think a lot of people are sitting on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. And I, I know you talked about this too, is waiting for the storm to pass. Mm. You know, can you just talk a little bit about that? Because even <laughs> that concept is, is a big one right now. Yeah, I, I think I was making reference to a quote. I can't remember the quote. So I do these videos every day and I put a lot of time into them, you know, preparing them and, and producing them. But then I'll go on to the next video and then the next video. And it's, I can't remember the quote I used for that. But the idea was this, the, you know, it's kind of like the Rumi saying, which is the, the cure for the pain is through the pain. Mm, and, yeah. and so instead of waiting for um, the pain or the storm or whatever to pass, we have to understand that that's an opportunity for refinement, you know, whatever it is. And so leaning into that and becoming an active participant in, and if it helps, I don't know, seeing it as a classroom, like, okay, this is a classroom, this thing that's challenging me right now. Am I going to sit in the back of the room or am I going to sit in the front of the room where I can really pay attention and see what I can learn from this experience? Or am I going to sit in the back and stare out the window and hope, wait for it to be over and hope that is not so bad and you know, all of these things, in which case you become a passive participant in your own life experience. So then the question becomes, well, when are you gonna become an active participant, right? Because the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So if you can, act, if you can be active in the storm, then it doesn't matter what it looks like will happen next, right? Because you can anticipate another one coming or maybe it's gonna be a sunny day. I don't know, we'll see. It doesn't matter because you've made that your comfort zone. I'll tell you a little, um, a little anecdote that I heard recently. Again, it's not mine. It's from this guy, he's an Olympian trained judo um, com com competitor. And he said, look, when you're training in judo, you want to take yourself to a point where you're really uncomfortable and you need to keep doing that over and over and over. Now, you're not going to want to do it, but you need to keep doing that if you want to compete at the highest level. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you keep doing that. And then eventually at some point, being uncomfortable is going to turn into your personal paradise. Right. Mm -hmm. Then, when you get into the competition and you're, you're competing with this other person, the way you win is all you do is you, you take them out to your personal paradise. Mm. And you don't have to do anything. You just take them out there and just watch them drown. <laughs> <laughs> I good. just love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, I'm not 
talking about the the, the sort of cutthroatness of it, but literally drowning somebody. We're not, <laughs> disclaimer: We're not advising drowning people. Right, but but what the the idea is in order to be an innovator, in order to be a creator, yeah. right? In order to have a podcast where you've had 400, 500 something episodes, you've been stretched to that point of being uncomfortable, you know going at the, to the last minute, having to do something and running around and put stuff on pause and upset the wife and, you know, neglect the kids at certain points, probably, I'm imagining, I don't know, but... Yes, like, yes, yes. okay. <laughs> Injuring yourself, <laughs> like all of this stuff, like there's nothing that's separate from that. And yet you kept saying yes to it, right? And so, you know, you have a, you develop a confidence that you're able, you're going to be able to, to, to perform in any situa situation, yeah. right? So there's a pandemic, oh my God, oh, I don't wanna get COVID. You're like, okay, well, it's gonna be harder to do a podcast with COVID, but we'll make it happen, Yeah, you know? So that lives somewhere in the back of your mind and that can make all the difference in you embracing a possibility versus you rejecting a possibility because you've already foreseen your own um, demise. Hmm. Man. So I'm literally inviting people into my paradise. Yeah. That's powerful, man. That's <laughs> profound. You know, you're, there's a thread here mm -hmm. that I don't, I know does not get discussed enough because, you know, for me, it, I'm very science-minded and I've never shared this before, but it's a lead-in for me. The mm. science is a lead-in. Mm to help people to have these conversations. Mm. Because in truth, and I share this with my wife all the time, I'm, I literally marvel at how little we know. Mm -hmm. Like all the time. And we use science to kind of make sense of the world in which we understand so little. Mm -hmm. And there's this constant thriving to try to you know, figure things out. But some things are so unexplainable. There are principles to them and we're connected to it, but we don't have the science to describe it. And what I wanna to talk to you about is, I, I believe you phrased it as smoking out the universe, how to mm. smoke out the universe. Mm. And when, you, when I watched this video, when you talked about it, I immediately thought of this scenario. This was probably maybe 12 years ago. And I was, I was driving and I had been so much in my life had changed, you know, so much. And I was just really, I really felt there was, this was the direction that I needed to go. I really needed to s stop playing small, stop reserving myself and saying, well, I need to do this thing, I need to do that thing, and just focus on really getting in my gift. Because I saw, you know, I would get on these stages or I would do these classes and it was just like, there was something profound that would happen. Hmm. And not just from my perception, but the things that people would go on to do after having an interaction with me. Hmm. And I was just feeling like there was a lot of also things were very similar to right now. A lot of things were in flux and changing and there's turmoil and there were obstacles and challenges. And I was just feeling a little bit cut adrift, you know, just like show, show me something. Mm -hmm. Let me know. Give me some affirmation that I am on track, that I'm in alignment with what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. You know, just this, this thing, and I, it was in meditation. Mm -hmm. And this is a true story. I've never shared this before. 
<laughs> so I'm, I'm driving along and I had this song in my head and it is the most random. I'm talking about, I don't know the lyrics. I didn't know the artist, but it was a Bush song, which I found out later. It's called Glycerin, mm -hmm. right? And the song was about 10 years old at the time because this was like, you know, 2000, we'll say 2005, 2006, whatever it was. It was somewhere around that time. So the song was 10 years old. I turned the radio on and my usual station, you know, it wasn't, you know, whatever might have been on Rihanna. I don't know. But the station wasn't working. So I hit a button, let's just scan, and it goes to, and the song is in my head. Glycerin, 10 years old. This melody, because I had picked it up somewhere, you know, maybe the day before. And I've been driving for like, you know, 10, 15 minutes. I was going to her mother's house, actually, my wife's mother's house. And I pushed the button, and the song came on. And it was just like, I just asked, show me that I'm connected. Show me that there's something more. Because I had all these other experiences, but they, I just, I needed more proof. Mm. And this lyric in my head and turning the, the station that I would never in a million years listen to, a song that's 10 years old, what is it doing playing at this exact moment? And I literally, I pulled the car over and was just like bawling, mm. you know, because it's just like, so many small things had to happen for that to align itself. Now, I can science my way into rational thinking about all the pieces, but I had, it was a very intimate, kind of unexplainable, magical moment, you know. But we can smoke out the universe. Ask, think about something that is so obscure, so random, like to get some affirmation, because there is something to this life that responds to you mm -hmm. and we've talked about some of the science here on the show behind it but can you give some of your insights on that because i think now is a good time for people to acknowledge how connected they are to all of this yeah wow man that's i love the i love that story of you in the car i love that song too <laughs> i remember that i'm gonna listen to that after this interview um so yeah that that that's a concept that i've been fascinated by for a very, very long time. Um, I've had my own experiences and I've been in rooms with psychics and channels and you know, people, spiritual people talking about how everything is connected. Albert Einstein has this wonderful quote. He says, you can live as though everything is a miracle or as though nothing is a miracle, right? And that really dictates how you live your life yeah. like in the, and the possibilities that you entertain and the reason why you think things happen and why things don't happen. And so um, I was making reference to a book that I had read uh, probably, probably 10 or 15 years ago called E Squared by this woman named Pam Grout, who's an amazing author. And this book was about the fact that everything is energy and energy is responsive and the universe is uh, basically uh, a projection of what's happening in our own mind and body. And so we're manifesting our reality. And she, there were a total of nine different experiments that you could perform to demonstrate this for yourself just in your own apartment. And so one of those experiments, probably the first one, 
was this kind of uh, hide and seek type of experiment where you literally challenge the universe to show you something obscure and and you make it something obscure on purpose because you don't want it you don't want it to be too um, accidental you want it to be mm -hmm. like no this is you you know a pink cauliflower like where would you ever see a pink cauliflower and then lo and behold you know somebody has a pink cauliflower uh, art on their wall or mm -hmm. some, something random yeah. like that and yeah and so I, I had that experience when I was reading the book and I was like wow this is amazing and you don't realize you don't realize how um, how connected you are to to the universe if you you know I know that's not a very scientific <laughs> term the universe but just to a higher consciousness or to a greater energy or whatever however you want to term it until you you have hard evidence for it and so it's just really a way of giving yourself hard ev empirical evidence so that you can essentially run your own scientific experiment right based on empirical evidence um, and it only has to work for you it doesn't have to work for anybody else right. and that may be just enough to get you to buy in yep. to a possibility that you've been entertaining already. It's not like you're gonna see necessarily new possibilities. You already have plenty of possibilities. Everybody does, right? It's just that, like you said, we play small with ourselves so much. Like we mastered the play small game, but very, very few people will entertain the possibilities that, that seem unattainable. And what you don't realize is that a lot of that is really just in your own head, just like with the Roger Bannister example, right? And so if the universe will throw you a bone and say, hey, you know, you thought about this, um, this uh, orangutan, a purple orangutan, <laughs> and I'm going to show you a cartoon with a purple orangutan that your kid is watching, just to give you a little wink, wink. Yeah, I, I, we, we're, we're right there with each other, right? That could be enough to get you to trust in everything else that's happening inside that makes you feel expansive. So again, you want that to be the criteria for these possibilities. Does it make you feel expansive? Does it light you up inside? Does it make your heart sing? You pick your phrase, but that's all, it's all descriptions of the same thing. And that's your path. It's already there. Yeah. It's already there. And it's not anything that you could predict about what's gonna happen next. It's like what Joseph Campbell says, if you can see your path before you, that's not your path. Mm -hmm. Your path is the one that you feel, but you don't know what's gonna happen once you take the leap of faith. Mm. So powerful. That insight, having that moment happen, it just, it, it, it's opening up a door of possibility and of play. So you're carrying that self-assurance with you. Again, nobody else has to know. For me, that was a very magical, profound moment. But I took that into, I was doing, and my wife remembers this as well, 100 goals in 100 days. I'd read some, you know, some manifesto somewhere and somebody did this experiment. And it took several days just to write 100 goals. And there was big stuff and small stuff, you know. And a couple of them was like, you know, writing a book, doing tele, I'd never done television. But I'll tell you, almost everything happened, by the way. Mm. Just a little heads up. But it was random stuff too, like, get a new washer and dryer, uh, get a lawnmower. And this is a true story within that week. Never has this happened before. I'm driving just down my street in that same truck 
where I had the glycerin experience. And there's a sign, free lawnmower. And it's just sitting right there. Hmm. And I literally, I drove past it and then I hit reverse. And there's nobody around on the street. And I'm just like, what? That sounds like a scene from a movie I'm envisioning you. Because we didn't really have money like that either. Mm -hmm. And it straight said free lawn, like a sign that that lawnmower looked, it was like a, you know, like in the movies, like bing, like Mm -hmm. a little, like Mm -hmm. it was shiny, threw it in the back of the truck. Shout out to me picking up a full lawnmower like that, (laughs) you know, I was on to the gym, I was on my way to the gym. But the wash and dryer, my my grandmother had uh, left those for us. She had passed away Uh recently. And it just happened to come in. I had no idea she left it for us. Mm. But we needed a wash and dryer. We didn't have one. So how does it work? You write out a list of 100 things that you want to achieve in 100 100 days? days? Yeah, 100 goals in 100 days. 100 goals in 100 days. Wow. Yeah. And I'm not recommending it, but I'm not not recommending it. And are you actively working on some of those goals every day? It's like you carve out time. Okay, I'm going to work on the lawnmower goal. So you just trust that it's going to manifest. I think that there, for me, it was a level of number one, getting clear on the things that you wanted. Mm. And number two is just simply walking in the direction or just being yourself and living. Because those things were already in me, mm-hmm. you know, and so I just continued to do, doing the things that was required of me to be the type of person that can have those things, mm-hmm. you know. Even me, if I wasn't going to the gym, I wouldn't have seen the lawnmower. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't have guessed that that would have happened in that context. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it's living your life. You don't just sit there on your butt and wait for you know Amazon to deliver it. Well, yeah, they probably could. Yeah, now you know what I mean, but. You, you live your life, you keep qualifying yourself. And of course, I ended up doing the TV stuff, getting the book done, all these different things took place. So those things still required action, mm. but I got clear on them. And especially as the other little small things were happening, it just gave me a bigger muscle, bigger level of strength to know that whatever this other thing is, is gonna be successful. And that confidence is everything, man. You yeah. know, it's everything. It make, that's what makes the difference in the stick to of the your approach is you you know that hey look i'm in a relationship with the universe you realize it's not santa claus is going to drop something in my lap i'm we're in a relationship like you said we're 100 100 we got to do this together yeah and so if i do my part and show up i'm i'm trusting that universe is going to do its part and show up as well Ooh, that's that's one of the best things i've heard man that's fire (laughs) 100 100 with the with the universe universe. so there's a difference in 160%, though. Right. You know? <laughs> Big difference. Big difference. Big difference. Yeah. So this just leans into um, something I want to ask you about as well, which is right now, we can easily have a perspective that this is just absolute chaos. This is a terrible time in human history. We're going to be looking back in 2020 as like, it's the Stone Ages, you mm-hmm. know? But you said <laughs> you said that this is actually the best time mm-hmm. to be alive. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on why you said that? Well, I think every moment really, if you're, it, it, it's the best time in correlation to how present you can be with it, right? Because if you're present, you can see opportunities. If, you, if you're not present, you see problems. And it's really that simple. So we could dress it up and, you know, put all kinds of nice airy fairy language around it. But that's that's basically what it is. And so if it was 2021 or 2028 or 2032, it's the same. The same principle applies. Right. 
you can focus on the the thorns, or you can focus on the roses. And you have, but there's a there needs to be an understanding that with the roses, you're going to have thorns, right? So if you're looking for one or the other, that's that's delusional. That's delusional. And if you're living a delusional life, yeah, you're gonna end up in the like we said, the bad relationship, the bad health, the bad financial situation that, again, it could be a part of your journey and that's great, but if you want to be an active participant in your own creations and manifestations, we need to graduate from that sort of delusional approach to life where we're waiting for something to happen or waiting for someone to give us something and become more of an active participant. And 2020, because it's here and we have all of these um, communities reimagining all of these different systems and the possibilities uh, that's this is a great time to let your your voice be heard and for your passion to lead the way in whatever direction inspires you right and not discount your contribution because you don't have a certain education or you don't know a certain type of person or group of people Right? You're just as important. Your perspective is just as valid as anyone else's, even if it's just to contrast with whatever else people are talking about yeah. and help people understand, have a better understanding of their perception. So it's all valid. And we just want to wake up to that and just understand that you know, this, is, this chaos that we're experiencing is happening not because... Um, it's, it's happening not because some, some, some force is trying to punish us. It's happening because the force is sharpening us. It's stretching us. It's helping us grow into our potential, both individually as well as, as a society. And, um, and so really it's just a shift of our own individual perspective and perception that can allow us to fully step into that. We could step into it 10%. I think most of us are kind of into it, yeah. you know, maybe 10 or 20%. Like, oh, yeah, it's a nice change and all that. I get to read. But if you really want to go all in, I have this thing that I, that I wrote recently. I said, look, you're not really going to grow unless you want to quit three or four times. Like your growth zone, to get out of the comfort Ooh. zone... You're going to have to want, legitimately want to quit after giving it what you think is everything you got. You're going to have to legitimately want to quit three or four times before you get into your growth zone. So, you know, the first time is just, that's just stage one of leaving your comfort zone. The second time, stage two, see it that way. Mm -hmm. By the time you get past the third or fourth time, now the workout starts. Mm. Now the project really starts. Now you can get busy with doing what you're there to do, right? Because you've gotten all the other stuff out of the way, all the kind of ego stuff and the fear and all. Now you're in a space to create and, and perform and you don't care what other people think and you just want to, you know, be in that moment. So, so that's, I think that's a really healthy way to see it because that makes quitting, the idea of quitting, it takes the shame off of it. Yeah. And it makes it instead, it makes it a, a, a milestone, <laughs> you know, of progress. Powerful, man. Light, dude, can, first of all, can you let everybody know where they can follow you online, give your Instagram, 
You have to follow him on Instagram. It's <laughs> one of the best things of my day. Oh, and sweet, uh, also man. where, you know, pick up your book. I know you got some more stuff coming. Of course, we're going to have you back on. Yeah, so um, I'm at Light Watkins, L-I-G-H-T Watkins, um, everywhere, pretty much. So LightWatkins.com, Light Watkins Instagram, Light Watkins Twitter. Are you on Twitter much? I pop in there from time okay. to time. And then I have a book coming out called Knowing Where to Look. So just a little, um, just to flesh it out a little bit more. So these videos I've been posting are an extension of uh, these daily emails I've been writing for almost five years. Uh, called the daily dose of inspiration and so that has carried over into just you know videos and all this other stuff but the book that i'm working on now knowing where to look is a sort of compilation of the greatest hits of the daily dose of inspiration which is where i draw the ideas for the videos mm -hmm. so it's all kind of feeding each other and i'm really excited about introducing that book into the world because it's all short form stories and anecdotes and parables and observations that people could use when they're giving talks or people can use just to make themselves uh, see things from a different perspective yeah. and, and hopefully again become an oasis in your own personal life where you may find yourself in a dark space just to help bring a little light into your living room, your bedroom, your car, wherever you happen to be when you're experiencing that. Yeah. And it's such an important time for it, man. 100%. So we, we, we need more light, brother. Thank, Thank you, you so much for sharing your gift. Thank you, man. Thanks for facilitating it. Oh, man. It's, you're <laughs> invited to my paradise. Bro. Yes. Your personal paradise. Yes. Thank you, brother. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. And I mean, just going back to the very first point of there are no throwaway moments, you know, every single day everything that we're going through right now and even historically has provided an opportunity for us to learn and to grow and to, and to really transform our lives and he shared the analogy of the typing class and when he shared it i thought about my story is kind of the opposite because in that typing class the first day we had a competition of you know setting your baseline who's the fastest and so i typed i was in the top two you know me and some girl who shall remain nameless, all right? But I was in the top two. I was staring at the keys the whole time though, you know? And so I'm like, this is how I'm gonna do this. I wanna be fast, I wanna win. And so I wasn't practicing the principles of the, what the teacher was instructing, which is to stop staring at the keys and learn how to do this without looking. And so even at the end of the class, I still could not look at, and by the way, everybody surpassed me. I was in the bottom two by the end of the class. I could not let go of the concept of not looking at the keys. And it wasn't until more recent in life, you know, when I started writing books and everything that I learned and let go of looking at the keyboard so that I could, you know, type at my full capacity. And I think that in a situation like that, it's, and for all of us in these no throwaway moments and what we're facing right now is to learn the lesson to go with it. As these things are happening, stop resisting, mm. you know, understanding that right now there is some turbulence, there are challenges presented to us, but these are opportunities for us to learn, for us to adapt a new way of thinking, for us to help to develop more compassion and understanding and to be able to perspective take when we need it so much. No throwaway moments. There's opportunities knocking all the time for us to be a little bit more of ourselves. All right, and it might take 
10 years, it might take 20 years before you stop staring at the keyboard, you know, or you can do it as it's happening. Be there with the lesson as it's going down. I appreciate you so much for tuning into the show today. If you got a lot of value out of this, please share it out and tag me. I'm at Sean Model on Instagram and make sure to tag Light and follow him on Instagram as well. And I appreciate you so much. We've got some epic, epic shows coming your way very soon. So make sure to stay tuned. Take care. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.